All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I'm accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And today, we are going to be talking about the whole Matt Chandler situation. Hmm. This has been a, a big story in all of Christendom. And surprisingly, you have people on both sides of the aisle that agree. And some that disagree with the decisions made by the elders of the village church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, what's new? What can you find that Christians, that Christians agree on? You can't even find some that agree on the fact that Jesus is supposed to be the center of our faith. Dang. Those people I wouldn't even consider Christian, but that's a whole other yeah. story. We won't even get into that. Exactly. But, Takia. Mm-hmm. Another with, one bites the dust. I don't know. Did he bite the dust, though? Well, I think this, he bit the dust enough to spark a good conversation. Yeah, I can agree with that. He definitely, I mean, of course, I'm not in the situation. I'm only reading what I see online and from what news outlets have reported. And what he said. And what he said, too, right? Mm -hmm. And what the elders of the village church said. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just take everybody at their word because they give me no reason not to. All right. And with that said, uh, yeah, he bit the dust just enough to spark conversations. And whenever conversations are sparked, of course, people start to expose themselves. <laughs> hey, what the? Uh, how does the old adage go? Like you want to you want to figure out who the idiot just let them keep talking or something yeah, like that something like that yeah something some, like that somewhere you in there. you you I think what this did was show you the pastors that agree it's okay to be in live in any type of way and still faster right I think this this entire situation just shows the advantages and the beauty of proper church discipline elder leadership. Mm-hmm. Elders who actually have power, yeah, and the ability to make significant change and significant decisions within their church, and submission, right? Yeah, headship, everything, everything, community. I mean, you. Here's the thing: what got me was when the man said that a church member confronted him about how he was DMing somebody else. Number one, that just showed me they don't mind their business. And that's not a bad thing. Because why are you looking at somebody else's DMs to your pastor? But the pastor was receptive to the conversation. The pastor didn't look at her like, who are you to be coming up to me, talking to me about my DMs? It's none of your business. Mind your business. He showed, according to all this stuff, his wife was already seeing the conversations. The next thing he did was... Yeah, his wife and the husband of... The other the lady woman. that he was speaking with. It was already seeing it. This man took these conversations to his elders. I mean, I think this is the prime example of a man who is actively fleeing from lust. Like, like actually doing what the Bible says in an area where I believe the church has been pretty lenient on what that should look like coming from a pastor. And I do believe that is an extremely different standard than a regular church member. Yeah, and uh, 
before we get too deep into the conversation, by all accounts, all meaningful accounts, the nature of the conversation that Matt Chandler was having with this woman was not sexual in nature. No. Although the uh, he ultimately was sat down because the elders did believe that the conversation was ultimately inappropriate at the very least. Yeah. Uh, playing very loose to, you know, violating, uh, or not violating, but coming very close to being qualified for disqualification. Disqualification in the sense of not being qualified to pastor anymore. Um, but still, all reports have said that, yeah, this was not sexual in nature. Matt Chandler did not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. He did not have inappropriate sexual conversations with this woman. Uh, there, Some things have come out on what the nature of those conversations were, but those didn't come out from the village church, so I won't get into those things. But as far as we are concerned, we know the conversations were deemed inappropriate. And for that, he is a, I don't know whether you want to call it a sabbatical, whether you're just going to call it he sat down, but ultimately, for right now. He's taking a break. Yeah, an indefinite break this from man, the pulpit. This man, and, and, and I just want you to get a sense of culture, because Matt Chandler is white. This man. He's white and he's. Uh, evangelical, right? White evangelical, but. Just by mere affiliation, his church is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, well. So Jesus. he's Southern Baptist. Well, I'm not going to get into that because they're in a bit of a pickle right now. Right. But, um, but, <laughs> but, um, but what I will say is this man got set down for sending too many text messages to another woman that his wife knew about and her husband knew about. And it'd be men who... It's it's pastors out here having babies with other women, with women other than their wife, multiple, still pastoring. Yeah, ultimately, I think the decision was made due to what the military calls unduly familiar relationships. This doesn't have to be something sexual, right? It could just be a situation where you got too friendly and we need to shut it down. Yeah. Right. So the so. Yeah, that's. But and, and but I think it also sheds light on how tightly you have to guard your marriage. Yes. Like you can't afford to be out here just talking to anybody, saying any type of thing, because it literally opens the door for things that will cause you to violate your marriage. Yeah, and if you look at the uh, account of how. This got brought to the elders. Like Takiya said, he's the one that brought this to the attention of the elders after a church member approached him with some concerns about the relationship that he had with this woman. And like Takiya said, he didn't scoff at the concerns. He said he was honestly concerned about the fact that this church member felt this way. Yeah. So from my perspective, in an attempt to cover his blind side, right? Maybe right. 
he's thinking like, okay. Yeah. Like I'm human. Right. And mm-hmm. he honestly didn't notice anything wrong with the conversation. Okay. Neither fair. did his wife. Neither did his wife. Neither did the other person's husband. Right. These aren't the people that brought the concerns up. So even with all that stated, he still uh, took this information to his elder board, which he should be in submission to. I believe that is the proper way to do things. The elders run the affairs of the church, not a single apostle type pastor, you know, not a single spiritual leader. But so with that said, he took that to the elders and the elders launched the investigation and ultimately came up with the decision that they came up with to have him sit down indefinitely for a period of healing and growth. Right. Mm -hmm. And that goes to show you the level of humility within Matt Chandler and his willingness to listen to not only the elders, but he ultimately ended up listening to the church member, the church member, the church member he's called to lead because as Christians, we are all, able to correct each other in Christ. Yeah. If you feel like someone's doing something outside of the will of God, whether it's the pastor, whether it's, you know, your apostle, the great leader of the community, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. In Christ, anybody can correct anybody. Respectfully. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, seems, it seems like that's, that's what took place here. And it's, it's very odd to me that there are a plethora of people who don't believe one that he should have had to sit down, which that issue isn't as, isn't as concerning to me as more of the fact that you have some people who have done things way worse as far as the sense of taking it to that next level, whether sexual or simple, uh, simply, having way more inappropriate conversation, way more familiar conversation and yeah. been exposed to the public. And, and yet, they still pastor. Yet they still pastor. They, uh, they take little to no time off. It doesn't seem as though they have any authority, any authorities within their church that's that over they, them. that's over them. No body that can correct them within their church. And I, and to me that's that's a huge problem. Yeah, I don't. You, you putting all the responsibility on man to manage something, and it's not one man, <laughs> not just man, but one man, and that that can get pretty, that can get pretty messed up. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it really goes to show the the issues with with some. Uh, some churches uh structure of leadership one i don't believe that the person that the senior leader is submitted to is outside of the church outside of the church that they pastor i don't believe that that should be the case and i don't believe it should be just one person i do believe it should be a body of people yeah so that body of people of you know, Christian leaders, because this is exactly what they are. These elders are the leaders of the church who are just as spiritually capable as the senior leader, right? Just as biblically knowledgeable, right? These people 
should be in charge of making specific decisions like this for which the pastor has to account for. And I believe it, it, it shows a grave issue with a lot of churches, especially churches that I've come up where it seems as though y'all can the, do whatever y'all want. Yeah, it seems as though people can do whatever they want. And I don't care nothing about what you say. You know, I'm submitted to this person. I follow this person. I'll listen to this person. I have elders, but yet the elders are simply titles for mm-hmm. people who run ministries in your church or who are deemed to be spiritual leaders, but all they can do is give spiritual advice. They have no say, Anything. no significant say in the affairs of the church. I think all these are, are issues for problematic. which, yeah, are problematic for which Matt Chandler's situation shows the proper way. The checks and balances. The advantages, right. Checks and balances. Order. Order. I can't tell you how many times We've seen pastors have a fall from grace, and yet it seems like there's no true accountability. (laughs) Or repentance. Or repentance. Because if you notice, one of the biggest things about this Matt Chandler situation, I feel, is that here you have someone who, he don't even want to touch the line. His wife told him he has somebody even above his wife that is making sure he's doing the right thing. And I think what that shows is that we were not meant to walk this journey alone. Because sometimes it's, it, it literally is our blind spot where we're looking at something and we're like, oh, this is innocent. And it takes for someone else to come along and say, let me tell you where this is leading you. Because, yeah, right now it seems innocent. I'm pretty sure it started off like innocent. But then. There was, again, a level of familiarity with another person that could potentially put the things that need to be prioritized in your life in danger. Right. Uh, It reminds me how, especially like growing up in black churches, right? You got the adjutants and all these people that surround the pastor and the the pastor seems cocooned. But it seems like he's shielded in all the wrong ways. Yeah. He's not shielded in any way that's significant to his actual spiritual protection Mm -hmm. and spiritual purity in this way even the person who brought up the situation to matt chandler one they didn't go to the elder board they went to him directly you have an ought with you know another person to faith they went to him directly Mm -hmm. right and approached him and told him about their concerns and this led him going to the going to yeah. the elder board, right? There are multiple areas of protection around the pastor of the village church. It seems, just judging by this situation, right? I've never attended the church, so I'm a, I'm a person on the outside looking in. But that church member, I see as a person who actually cares about the spiritual walk of their pastor, and this wasn't a situation. This wasn't something to Expose the pastor because they didn't just go to the public. They didn't say, oh, my pastor doing this. They didn't go to, yeah. they ain't spread it around the church. They went to him directly. And the situation was handled from there. Then you have the elder board from which Matt Chandler has submitted to. He brought the information to them, trusted their decision and leadership to investigate the issue. They came forth with a decision. Yep. And he has submitted to that decision. 
and, you can see and the when growth, he came. the the process to get back where he needs to be. Sorry. Right. Yeah, he need, and he's been given a prescription. <laughs> he was given a prescription, and well, accounts as far as we know, he's going to follow out whatever that process is to yeah. its fullest extent. And I think this is the way it should be. This is. This is one of those church, and I would—I don't even like calling this one a scandal because this is what the church leadership and church discipline is supposed yeah. to do. It prevented a true scandal. Yeah, exactly. But that's what everybody else is calling it. I'll just say a situation. So in this situation, it prevented something from getting worse. And it had multiple layer, layers of accountability. Because even with, even with the... Uh, the wife, right? The wife knew. The husband of the woman knew. So it wasn't something in secrecy. Yeah. Right? So that can even be a tale that he wasn't trying to get away with something. He wasn't trying to subvert authority and subvert uh, spiritual leadership or just so plain accountability. But this was just honestly a blind spot, according to the elders. Not explicitly stated, but just deemed, I say, according to the elders, because they came to a conclusion that is opposite of the conclusion that all four people involved in a situation came to. Yeah. And I say they're involved because, remember, Matt Chandler's wife and the husband of the woman knew about these exchange of messages. Yeah. Yeah. So I think really what it showed is for me, like it solidified why I believe the things that I do about the church. And about marriage, because all of that is supposed to be mirrors of each other. It doesn't work without accountability. Like it, and, and it doesn't work without order. If there, um, I think uh, Tim Ross said it, uh, love is so great because it has boundaries. Love wouldn't be something extravagant if it didn't have those boundaries, if it didn't have those rules, if you will, um, they keep us safe. Even God's love has boundaries. And I'm starting to really see why it does. So a lot of people might be looking at Matt Chandler like, oh, you crazy. I never would have shown my DMs to anybody. That church got too much control over you. That man really wants to honor God. Right, even when he was, even when he uh, told this to the church, one, they still live streamed it mm -hmm. as if it was a normal service, which I can see why some people would disagree with because it could seem like sort of a publicity stunt. But at the end of the day, this is just overall accountability, yeah. and it's not accountability to the world, right? Yeah. Nobody. The world don't even have the same standards we have. Right, the world don't have the same <laughs> standards as Christians. We don't care what the world. The world can't hold us accountable. Right. Because they, and that it's just, by the mere definition of what we consider the world, they would be hypocrites. Because they don't even, they don't even believe the same things we believe. In the sense, so what I'm saying is when he was live streaming it, this was also, I feel like, to the church at large. Yeah. Now the elders of the village church are the only ones that have any spiritual authority over Matt Chandler. But, I can just see this as being a transparent moment for the church at large to just take notes yeah. on exactly how you dish out church discipline, even to the highest leader in that church. Yeah. 
And at the end of the day, I really just, I feel like the situation was handled great. Uh, there are going to be people that can nitpick the things that, have, that were done and how the situation was handled. But at the end of the day, I really believe that this is a, this is actually a bright spot on the church. Yeah. Uh, because the church never claimed to be perfect. No. The church has claimed to uphold certain principles. And that's exactly what was done. And well, one, most, most people, or not most people, but there are a lot of people that are saying, it looks like he just violated the Billy Graham rule. And uh, that, that could essentially be what it is. Um, just like we said, you know, don't even get close to the line, right? Yeah. The Bible says, avoid the very appearance of sin. That's one thing that the elders can really lay their hat on and say, hey, this is one thing you violated, amongst others, depending on whatever they saw. We don't know. But ultimately, this is for the benefit of Matt Chandler. It keeps him within the confines of the Bible. It keeps him out of the disqualification realm, too, because the elders of the church said, we do not feel like what he, done, what he has done uh, is grounds for disqualification, which is, which is good, right? But a lot of y'all pastors need to be disqualified. <laughs> just so we're clear. Yeah, we, and it's just juxtaposed to a lot of situations where it seems like pastors just do whatever they want. There's no accountability. <laughs> I mean, gosh. They're and the, then blame the church because they did it. You know, I've noticed it seems like there are a lot of churches, especially smaller ones, that seem like they're owned by the pastor. Narcissism. Which, which in, in, in fact, is... Not only is that spiritually incorrect, but that's legally not the case. <laughs> uh, if you have a church that is a 501c3 nonprofit, that is legally not owned by anybody. Well, and if a nonprofit ever disbands, like if it shuts down, by law, all proceeds and assets owned by the nonprofit must be donated to another nonprofit. Uh. So it's like some of these pastors think just because they're the founders of churches that they're the owners of the church too, which if you look at a lot of the, uh, if you look at the, um, the organizational structure of those churches, they effectively might as well be the owners because they could be, it could be a situation where like, if you look at the actual bylaws of the church, they're the only significant person with voting power on the board of the church. And we're talking about the legal status of the church. They're the only significant person on that board with any way to make any decisions. So, you know, it just goes to show the, the pitfalls of some versions of church leadership and the benefits of other versions of church leadership. And I definitely am a fan of the plurality of elders, the senior pastor not being the ultimate decision maker and the choices going on with the church. The pastor is submitted to a board, things of that nature. I mean, all of this is great, but then I realize most of the people that honestly need to understand this, they don't even agree with what the Bible says. So it's really no hope for them. Well, in that case, if you got a pastor that don't agree with the Bible say, uh, it's two things. One, he a fool. But <laughs> if you know he don't agree with the Bible and you still go to his church. You a fool. You're a fool. <laughs> that's, that's just straight. No chaser. <laughs> If Stop you go to playing. a church where you know your pastor does not agree with what the Bible says, <laughs> you are a fool. <laughs> there's no other. There's no other way I can say it. 
And this is why I married my husband. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to let. That's funny. You just do what you do. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to have too much to say, too much more to say about this topic yeah. unless you got anything else. I think I think one of the one of the the good things about what transpired is it shows honestly I feel like it's like a just seeing someone who really has the heart of God but understands his humanity. And I think we touched on it but really just pulling that out again because I get so concerned at the state of the church right now because it just seems to go from like just all of these theatrics. And I'm like, I just don't understand how you can be doing all this crazy stuff, still be preaching, teaching. And this is not just for pastors. It's just for the people of God. How do you claim to have encountered God and there is no change? Like none, no remorse, no guilt, no shame. And I, and I know that Guilt and shame are not of God, um, but it's usually something we have to fight off. Conviction is. Yeah, exactly. There we go. The Holy Spirit um, convicts. Exactly. And so it's like the, to see him do what he did, and if he actually did it the way that he explained it, that was actually, you actually actively watched someone repent. You watched a pastor repent to people who, in most pastors' eyes, are beneath them. He confessed, and the Bible says to confess one another t to your brothers, to, to, to those around you. He did all of that for everybody to see. And instead of us just taking in that moment of beauty, y'all want to argue. Yeah. And I just, I pray for Matt Chandler. I pray that, one, because getting up in front of that church and in front of the world, because this was live stream for the entire world to see, there was no leak. They yeah. live streamed it. Yeah. So I know he understood the full, the full scope of the decision he was making and what he was about to say. But that's what I've been needing to do to you. You need to go live. <laughs> that was funny. That's a good segue, though. Do you think that would change how how? Married people did stuff if they had to do that more. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, what <laughs> exposure, right? Yeah, Bringing what was done in the dark come to the yeah. If that's that's a the great deterrent, and then you got some people who just wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and we <be> like so, <laughs> right? Get up here every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I cheated again this week. What y'all eating for dinner? Y'all still gonna tie? <laughs> y'all be back. You know why I know y'all be back? Because uh and then they, they use the old testament to spin it. Because uh they marched around the wall seven times for the before the miracle came. So I got seven times I can make a mistake. That sounds like something straight out of a black pastor family <laughs> that just cheated. <laughs> oh no, that's that's when you gotta go with the Samson. Oh, stop. You gotta you gotta or you can even go with David. I mean. You're not David. <laughs> I killed Goliath for you guys. And now just because I slept with somebody that's not my wife and got her pregnant and killed her husband, y'all can't forgive me? All right. We don't want this conversation to derail too much. 
<laughs> but no, I, I, I think to have that picture, to have that, that story highlighted right now, especially in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, I think it's, it's one of the best things that could have happened to, to the Christian community. And I know it might not feel good for Matt Chandler and especially his family. Um, but it's happening all around us. Yeah. And talking about his family, once again, his wife knew. Yeah. So I, I know this is still hard for her, but. She probably ain't true. This isn't a. Ooh, oh, I got but that's caught a good off guard. I, that's a good one. Because his wife knew. That's a good one. He, he, I like that. You know, she ain't get caught off guard by. He protected her. Oh, I knew. Like I didn't know that. No. Now, of course, she made. I think obviously she didn't expect for something like this to happen because I'm pretty sure yeah, well, of course not. she would have said something yeah. to him. But by all accounts, nothing was told to him from her. From her. So So she was cool. We'll keep it at that. And I think that's a big thing too, because there may be even some things in your marriage that you might okay. Um, that others might tell you, nah, if I was you, I wouldn't do that. Being wise enough to just take that advice. Yeah. It all depends who. It but, all depends who. But Well, who and, well, I'm going to say, if you can show me in the Bible, then we're good. They show him in the Bible. So, because when they set him down, they ain't just sit him down. They put scripture beside the reasons why they were sitting him down. So, again, the checks and balances aren't the people. It is the word of God. Because if it's left up to me, so, and I said, I think that's a good thing too. You know, Matt Chandler was looking at it. His wife was looking at it. The other person's uh, wife and husband were looking at it. But were they looking at it through the lens of what the scripture says? And I think that's a lot of what we do. We look at stuff and it's like, oh, no, you good. Because that doesn't make me feel a certain type of way when I look at it. Right. But it's not about how you feel when you look at it. It's about how God feels when he looks at it. And I think that's the bigger picture of what Matt Chandler just showed us. Unfortunately, at a, I'm pretty sure a high personal cost, because who wants to have that for the world to see? Amen. So, yeah, you trying to shut me up? No. Oh, yeah, we had this discussion like two podcasts ago. Right, exactly. You see, you've been very snappy lately. Oh, I just want to let y'all know I've oh, been great lately. Our Ben has just been... Ooh, he's on his dot for the month or something. Okay. He is, he's got a lot going on. All right. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, I think, I think this was good to see. It was good to see, uh, and a lot of people might clown him, but um, this is something his kids will be able to look back on, and he'll be, he'll, this will be a learning tool for them. Yep. Prayerfully, he comes out of this a uh, stronger man oh, in Christ. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he will. Prayerfully, the, the church comes out stronger. His family comes out stronger. He comes out stronger. Yeah, they will. And all, all parties involved in the church at large can learn from this. Y'all well, can. Y'all won't, though, but you can. Yeah. Well, is that uh, got anything else? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> all right. Y'all know the outro. 
I was your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I was accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And this was the Atkins Family Podcast. I'll see you next time, folks.